Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is for ages 14 and up, because sometimes you just need to use a swear. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. All right, so we are going to get into the show soon. But first, I just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping and share some amazing news that still has me floored. Um, On Thursday night, I believe it was, we were able to cross 100 downloads. That is awesome. Yeah, like, I I was just sitting there staring at our Podbean app just going, what? No way! So it, that, like, thank you guys so much for downloading this and sharing this with your friends and telling other people. And I, and, I like to believe that, you know, it, it's very common. Like, not everybody who listens will download. I, myself have never downloaded a podcast, mm-hmm. but I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So I like to think that maybe, just maybe like for every 10 people who listen, only one person downloads. So really, we are here to celebrate our like 1,000 to listen. <laughs> so thank you all out there for listening and sharing and subscribing and and just coming back week yeah. after week for, for our, our tangents and our, our goofiness and seriously like we love you guys so much and i also wanted to say looking at the download stats i am just so blown away we've got you know a bunch in the u.s because that's where we are are. makes sense um with a lot of them being from utah which thanks utahns y'all are really stepping up thank you surprised i'm like i don't even know if we know that many people in utah who know about our show (laughs) yeah right (laughs) And then um, we've had uh, some from the UK, some from Canada, which one of them, I am most certain, is our beloved Jasmine. Our number one, our first sponsor of our, of, uh, of our podcast. Yes, our, our Supreme Alpha Patreon sponsor. Yes, Jasmine Wu. Yes, we love you. Um, and then we have uh, some from Brazil, from Myanmar, from Thailand, from New Zealand, like... Holy smokes! Kay and I are on our first step to complete global domination through the medium that is podcasts. We promise that we will be benevolent leaders. I have my good days and bad days. but I, I promise that I will be a benevolent leader. I promise to have more good days than bad days, <laughs> is what I will say, as a iron-fisted ruling overlord. Oh boy, maybe we shouldn't be podcasting leaders kneel before me oh god (laughs) but yeah so thank you again so much this just this made this means a lot to us and this totally made our weeks it really does and so thank you all for we don't want to beat a dead horse but thank you all for listening and we really appreciate your continued support and you know anything any every time you share it every time you like it if you want to review anything that helps us reach more listeners is really great we really appreciate it it's one of those inspirations that keeps us going week after week to keep recording and keep producing hopefully enjoyable content for you fine podcast consumers out there thank you guys again so much
Now, we will hop into the show. <laughs> Woo! So, remember back in our Singing in the Rain episode where we did a musical that started as a movie and then became a stage play? Yes. So we're doing another one. Cool. So this would be a reprisal of that? Oh, no. Uh, mm, <laughs> not really. Yeah. It's it's like, say that you thought that you had the last unicorn, and then you go into a field and you find another unicorn. Okay, I guess that's fair. They're two separate and unique two unicorns. Two separate unique unicorns. It's like when we're playing Ark, and there's a unicorn that spawns once every time that you tame it. That yes, we haven't gotten that we haven't to see seen yet. Because it's a big map. Yes. So, this week, the unicorn that we're going to be covering <laughs> is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Which I have heard before, uh, but I don't... I, I know a little bit about it. Okay, so what do you know about it? Uh, in a nutshell, it is Stockholm Syndrome the Musical. Yep. Uh, it, I, know, I know that there is woman kidnapping yes and forcing of marriage yes that's all i know that's all i know um and based on that limited knowledge i'm not super thrilled because i have issues with things like kidnapping and forced marriage yeah it's it's one of those shows that when i was a kid i loved it and as an adult i'm just oh yeah oh yeah right I mean, I, mean I, I, I know that a character gets married, and then he decides, hey, my brothers need wives, and goes and kidnaps other women to be his brother's wives. And just that premise alone, I'm just like, no, 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 icky. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that... Well, I'm sure it's charming in its own way. Oh, yeah, in its own way, it is a charming show. The music's really freaking catchy. Um... So, a little bit of background. It was a film that was released in 1954. Oh. It starred Howard Keel and Jane Powell. The original script was written by Albert Hackett, Francis Goodrich, and Dorothy Kinsley. And it's based on the short story called The Sobbin' Women by Stephen Vincent Benet. So, sobbin' women like crying? Yes. Like weeping women? Yes. Now, that short story... And I already know what you're going to say, so I'm going to preemptively tell you that the word in this does not mean the same thing necessarily, because it is based on the ancient Roman story, The Rape of the Sabine Women. Uh, I did in, not see in that this coming. context, they're using rape for kidnapping, not necessarily sexual assault. Okay, that's, that's it's good. still not it's still not it's, okay, it's but a, it's a little bit misleading. Just letting you know <laughs> context for a word, yeah, It'd be like calling it the murder of the Sabine women, but really they just got like bruised or something. Well, because it's it's from uh, the Latin rapito, which would have been used for abduction or kidnapping. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, thank you for enlightening your uh, uncultured swine husband. Oh, you're fine. I mean. It's not something that is common knowledge there, so you've got to just be an intense nerd to get that. Nerd! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the music is by Saul Chaplin and Jean, Jean DePaul, and then uh, the lyrics are by Johnny Mercer. And Johnny Mercer um, 
wrote other classic songs like the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe. He wrote uh, that old Black Magic. Um, I think I'm somewhat familiar with that old Black Magic. Yeah, yeah. So he, he wrote a lot of standards, and so they got him for this film. The film was nominated for four Academy Awards and won Best Score for a Musical. The um, There's a scene that's a barn-raising scene, and what's kind of cool is that they use choreography to sort of depict like stuff that's going on when living in the frontier. So there's a barn-raising scene, and it's a dance scene, and it's really cool. So when you say barn-raising, yes, two different thoughts come into my head, and I don't want you to elaborate because I want to be surprised. I'm pretty sure I know which one it'll be, but I'm hoping it'll be the other one. <laughs> so... Um, the, the show was eventually adapted for stage in 1978. Movie first, then. Then stage. And it had a limited tour run, but didn't make it to Broadway. Uh, the original tour actually starred Howard Keel and Jane Powell reprising their roles. (laughs) When you say it started as a tour, but didn't make it to Broadway, I have this image of like, it started in a caravan, like on, in California, (laughs) heading to New York. And then, you know, they... Hit like the Rocky Mountains and things just went sideways and <laughs> they had to eat Jane Powell. It's like the Oregon Trail of musicals is the way that my brain is picturing it. Cause it's like we started out for Broadway, but we never quite made it. <laughs> so hold on to that Oregon Trail thought there. Oh God! Keep it in the back of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. When you give me a little tidbit like that, I, okay. I will, I, will, I will stash that nut away for later. So, it was revived in 1981 and went to Broadway in 1982, and critics didn't like it. It actually had a really short run and closed in June of 1982. Oh, snap. Um, and it closed despite the protests of fans of the show, as in literal picketing outside the theater protests. So, it didn't do was he so 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 critics didn't like critics it, didn't fans like it but, liked it. okay well that's but not, not enough for it to stay in the theater okay. and the reviews were terrible um and these fans that were protesting were outside the theater basically going you need to retract this review don't hurt our favorite show and it had been revived kind of as a a uh, way to get debbie boone's name out there um but she's a singer and actress from around that time. Uh, then premiered on the West End. Where's the West End? West End is in London. Yes. It is, it is the, the English version of Broadway. Yes. And it, it premiered there in 1985 at the Old Vic, which we've seen before. Uh, and this one actually has a pretty decent soundtrack that I believe is still in print. And you can get the soundtrack on Spotify as well. That's actually the version that I grew up with. And it's the revival version that they were doing um, a lot in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So that, the one you're talking about that's on Spotify that you grew up with, is that the English version? Yes. Okay. Um, And that's sort of the revival that was performed by community theaters. Uh, so does everyone sing it with an English accent? No, their their accents are actually pretty good. Okay. 
yeah, it's it's really amazing, because uh, if you listen to it, you don't really catch that it's a British cast right away. There are some shows that you'll hear British revivals or British versions and just go, oh, that you're not able to do an American accent at all. Are and, there any old-timey prospect characters in the, in the film? No. I'm sorry. Oh, well then... Yeah. I don't have an excuse to do that voice. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's some people going, thank God. <laughs> so, uh, the next major changes actually happened in 2005, when it got revived again. A bit of a leap. Yes. It got revived again at the Goodspeed Opera House in Connecticut. Now, this is the version... <laughs> I love that name. The Goodspeed <laughs> Opera House. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> So this is the version that's licensed to theaters now, and it's going to be the version that we're going to be watching. We're going to be watching the performance done by an audience of one productions in Tennessee. Okay. So this is a two-act show, so we're used to that, and it is not a song through. Okay, so it'll be normal interactions, and then they'll just break out into song. Yes. Um, and this version, being the more recent revival, they actually changed songs around they added a few songs when i was listening to it the other night and watching uh to see which version would be doing i was sitting there going wait i don't remember this song where did this other song go i mean i like this song more but <laughs> where'd the other song go i was used to do some talking points on or i was, I was used to this song and planning on doing talking points but now it's gone and this one's better. <laughs> Your entire sense of reality has been yeah, thrown into question. It was. Um, so a little bit of background on the story itself. Okay. So it takes place in the 1850s in Oregon. When kidnapping women was totally fine. Mm, mm, I don't think it was ever totally fine. Well, I mean, but... <laughs> it's definitely before women were considered people. Oh, yeah. So... They, they go into that a lot with this show. Ah. It's... Yeah, they... There are some lines in there that might make you really hate one of the main characters. Oh, probably. Um, so the version we're going to be watching actually makes more mention of the Oregon Trail than its predecessors did. Okay. Including um, the fate of one of the main character's parents, and then the hardships that the uh, Pontipi family, which is the brothers that we're going to be following... Um, the hardships that their family went through when they started out in the frontier. The poor Peapot family. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the the name is Pontipi. Peapot. Okay. That'll be a thing. It is now. It is now. <laughs> uh, the original story, or the original musical didn't hit those beats quite as much, like they'll mention offhand that someone died in the Oregon Trail or whatever, but they don't hit the beats as hard as they do in this version of the show. There's actually a whole song that kind of hits you in the heart a little bit regarding it. Kicks you right in the feels? It kicks you in the feels, but at the same time the character singing it, you're like, you're also a jerk, though. <laughs> So is, is it one of those songs of like, I'm a jerk and here's why? Pretty much. And it's it's kind of a cool story, bro. Still misogyny. Mm. Yeah, cool story, bro. You're still a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So another little tidbit about this, because I would be remiss to not admit this, this was the first thing that I wrote private fan fiction for. So when I was like seven and at my grandparents' house, I was writing like little scripts and stuff that I didn't share with too many people because I didn't know that the internet was a thing. So I was like typing it on my grandmother's typewriter and going, oh, I'm an amazing writer. I wrote maybe a hundred pages of script for a fan script of this once. I am going to have to see this show and then ask you questions <laughs> because there will be questions. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the scripts had nothing to do with this show. It was like crack fan fiction. It was insane. Yeah, it was take a take seventh grade me. Who I didn't know. Who you didn't know, but take what I write now, <gasps> coming from a seventh grader. Were you murdering people left and right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna have Final to... Destination also came out at that same we're, time, we're... so... Oh my god. That, now that's that's a film I would see. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers meets Final Destination. That's like... pretty much what it was. Oh, okay. We're going to have to talk about this later. I want to know more. Yes. <laughs> and I bet these people listening do, too. <laughs> Kay is yeah, a great there's... writer, by the way. Uh, it's debatable. <laughs> no, she's a great writer. Oh, man. Okay, so we're going to take a brief intermission and go and watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I'll get my rope and burlap sack. Oh, jeez. Alright, Warren. It's time for the best part of every intermission. Getting snacks that we can't bring back into the theater? Even better. Now that the lights are back up, we can look into the playbill. Here are the people who donated $5 or more to make this show possible. And the prestigious spot of our very first Tone Deaf Patreon sponsor is Jasmine Wu. Thank you so much for your contribution to our show. We deeply appreciate it. Your contribution is what makes Tone Deaf possible. Thank you so much. And here's a message from one of our favorite podcasts called History on Blast. Hello, and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. Okay, so what'd you think? We just made it through this musical. <laughs> we just made it till the end. 
We just made it through this musical. That brother Adam's kind of a dick. So, yeah. Uh, You're not wrong. Um, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay. That's pretty much the... It had, it's it had, okay. It had some very uh, cute and endearing scenes, mm-hmm. but I would not say the majority of it was that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It's. I. It's above. Um, You're a good man, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. But it is beneath about everything else. Okay, so even Joseph. Uh, they. They. I don't. At this. Uh, they. might be. They're neck and neck. They might be, you know, actually, I think I might have liked Joseph more Mm -hmm. just because of the silliness and, like, the uh, different types of music they did. Mm -hmm. This was much more uniform. Um, I mean, it did have a a coherent story. Yes. Which, you know, which it's got points for that. It's not like You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, we're just all over the place. Mm -hmm. But, um... I mean, it was it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. That's fine. I, I don't I I don't really want to necessarily hate on it, but I don't want to give it super high praise. And it doesn't really deserve <laughs> high praise. Yeah, because uh, you know, the whole musical opens with what looks like a eighteen fifties prom dance. Yeah, that's kind of what it looked like—just a bunch of kids dancing around. And... Which that. When I saw it in 99, it did not open that way. It just opens with Adam singing and his brothers basically being like, Adam, you gotta go get us a wife. We're, we're starving on Gideon's cooking and stuff. But Oh, so that's okay. But they cut that. So. What was interesting is I thought the song that he was singing was Bless Your Beautiful Heart. Yes. And you corrected me a moment ago before we started recording, that it was Bless Your Beautiful Hide. Yes. Because he's a trapper. Yes. And he's there to sell fur. Mm-hmm. Which, that makes more sense for him. But at the same time, that is a really, really creepy Buffalo Bill kind of <laughs> attitude that he's walking into town, he's looking at all these women, Bless Your Beautiful Hide. Oh, it puts the lotion on the skin. Now get in the wagon! Like... <laughs> It's a little, it's a little creepy there, and and it was funny before I realized that he was singing "Bless Your Beautiful Hide." I was in my brain calling him Buffalo Bill, so I was like, "Who are you singing to, Buffalo Bill?" And that makes it so much better that I was hearing the song wrong, was calling him Buffalo Bill anyway, and now it turns out it was totally justified because he's a creeper who wants to skin women. Um, I have no idea what's going on. Dance, a hoot nanny, a hoedown. They're showing ladies respect, though, which is cool for 1850. There's mm-hmm. lots of bowing and, and trying to be a gentleman, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo Bill is creepy as fuck. Like, just the way he's eyeballing everybody. Right. He is assessing them like cattle. Right. Like, he's like, oh, not too skinny, it's too plump. Eh, it's just right. I'm just like, dude. These are human beings. When I was a kid, I kind of, like, glazed over that scene. And then it was probably when I was maybe 13 that I went, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
He's Ooh. over there, like, going, which one of you is the best prime breeding stock? Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, <laughs> Yeah. Like, it, it gave me the EBGBs uh, a bit on that. And, uh, yeah. Oh, God. And what is it? Uh, he says it to a group of girls. Y'all are pretty and fresh and young. Dude. No. Yeah. These are these are not produce. Like I'm. Just, he was so creepy to me. Just so so creepy to me. Did not care for him at all. Spoiler, as you know, I'm sure this is. Everybody listening's probably already seen the show, and everything. Mm-hmm. He does a bit of a 180 at the end, and he he comes up from negative douchebaggery to kind of like maybe plus one or so. Yeah. Actually, I guess for douchebaggery, you want to be in the negative. So he's maybe like a negative one on douchebaggery mm-hmm. by the end of the show, in my opinion. Uh, well, <laughs> I have it right here. Well, Buffalo Bill earned uh, plus one to his douchebaggery. Um, I don't remember specifically what that was for. I think it was probably just his overall creepiness mm-hmm. around the ladies. Yeah. You know, it was the good old days back then in 1850 when you would meet a woman, punch a perv, sample her stew, and then ask her to marry you. You know, we messed up by dating for six years, Kay. Like, yeah, we we weren't doing it the right pioneer way. No, the not the right pioneer way. No. Oh, for a second I thought there was a spider on the wall. I was going to be like, hold on, I have to kill that thing. <laughs> it's not a spider. Don't worry, folks. We're safe. It's a nail. It's a nail in the wall. <laughs> Used for hanging things like my fears. <laughs> that it might be a spider. Anyway, back to the topic. And, uh... I just love his attitude of, come with me, Millie. I have a farm with huge tracts of land and cows and sheep. Go on, get in the wagon, woman. Yeah. Like, but, uh, yeah, I guess I'm kind of going a little too fast. So, brief recap, Buffalo Bill comes into town to sell his Adam. wares. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> he is saying, bless your beautiful hide. He's assessing women like their livestock. Mm-hmm. He's a creeper. He mm-hmm. does not deserve to be called the proper name. Buffalo Bill comes into town to sell his beaver fur and get supplies to go back to his farm and to look for a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is eyeballing every woman he comes across. He, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. He sees Millie. Immediately is immediately is like, hey, that heifer's got some nice curves. Uh, sees the guy fondling her basically mm-hmm. beats him up kicks him out which I was kind of like hey oh that's that's where he gets the minus one to his douchebaggery so it's like oh good job mm-hmm. uh, saves Millie from that perv even though she probably could have handled herself she's a tough lady oh yeah dries her stew says it's really good you don't even need ketchup with this and I'm just like oh who puts ketchup in their in their <laughs> stew I'm just oh, you, you just lost your your plus one did your minus one whatever metric I'm using to gauge Buffalo Bill's douchebaggery uh, <laughs> And then after he samples her stew, he basically just follows her out and tells her, hey, come marry me. Yeah. On a farm, you're pretty, you do your chores. Like You don't marry. have anyone. Yeah, you your don't have anyone. Your parents are dead. Your parents are dead. I did like his whole thing of he basically did the whole courting in like three years where he's like, well, I would have done this and this and this, but since you don't have a father for me to ask, I'm going to ask you. Will you marry me? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And I was like, oh, he's, he's suave, but so are lots of serial killers out there. Yep. Like Ted Bundy. So yep. <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Buffalo Bundy. Um, and then they're saying that they're never, ever going to see Millie again. Millie, if you go and live with him, we'll never see you again. Ever, ever, ever. <sighs> Hold that thought, girls. <laughs> never say never. Not ever. 
You're in for a surprise, Millie. Especially when Six you're... of them, actually. Well, <laughs> when you're saying that, never say never. It's like you start counting the girls saying that. And it's I was doing one, that. One, two, I, I was three, actually doing four, that. five, six. Oh, no. When the girls were crowding around Millie, I was like going, oh, here's the, the rest of the herd for the brothers. And, uh. Millie's singing, like, as they're getting ready, well, before they get are getting ready to get married, she's singing her, her It's a Wonderful Day song kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful day, Millie, until you get up to that farm and are like, hey, what the fuck is this? But <laughs> we haven't gotten to that point yet. She gets married, and they kiss, and everything's all peaches and rainbows, and mm-hmm. then we cut to them arriving at the farm and slowly being introduced to the brothers one by one and being like, oh, do they... Do they live around here? Haha, <laughs> not around here. We live here. Yep. And uh, we get to meet the brothers, which I'm going to see if I didn't write any of their names down. I'm going to see if I can <laughs> name them. The brothers deserve respect. Buffalo Bill does not. Yes, the brothers are good. So I know what his name is, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to address him as such. So we have Buffalo Bill. We have Benjamin. Mm-hmm. We have Caleb. Mm-hmm. We have Daniel. Mm-hmm. We have... Don't tell me. Ephraim? Yes. Ephraim. And then we have Frank, mm-hmm. or Frankincense. Yep. I have him down here as Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, I'd be angry if my name was Frankenstein, too. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Gideon. Yes. Uh, got them all. Got them all. I gotta catch them all. I got them all. <laughs> I am a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers master. <laughs> Marrying is for life, Millie. Until death do you part, you know what you need to do. <laughs> And she's talking about that whole thing. She's upset because she did get lied to. And I just kept thinking, just poison their food, Millie. Mm-hmm. Marriage is forever until they die. A tree could fall on him yeah. like his father. <laughs> <laughs> An axe fell off the shelf and buried itself in his back. <laughs> but Millie's too good of a, a Christian lady to, to... She has her whole thing of, I'm not a quitter, I'm not gonna... Mm-hmm. Given, then she has her. I'm not a slave. I won't be their slave. It's 1850, Millie. You don't have rights yet, so you have as many rights as your husband says you do. <laughs> so. Yeah, this play goes pretty hard on the misogyny of the 1800s. Holy smokes! It absolutely does, and it's it's one of those things. It's like I can't I can't fault it for doing that when it was so yeah. commonplace at the time. It still was wrong even for the mm-hmm. time. But honestly, I feel like people who glorify the pioneer days, especially women who do, <laughs> should watch the stage version of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers because the movie kind of glosses over stuff. The stage version, it's like, oh no, this is bad. The good old days when you had a, tons of children without antiseptic or anesthesia and most of them would probably die in infancy and mm-hmm. if you were really lucky you could live to the ripe old age of like 40 and then die of something that was preventable now because mm-hmm. we have vaccines in medicine we well. have vaccines <laughs> we have vaccines this is our subliminal messaging moment. <laughs> vaccines are good they do not cause autism please get vaccinated okay we're done with that we're, we're done with that a little bit right there uh, then, uh, yeah, her, she won't be your, their slave. Well, good for you, Millie. Uh, and she had such an empowering song there, I was almost expecting her to take off her bra and burn it mm-hmm. that, that scene, but I was like, well, this is before bras existed. But yeah, she, had, she had very much of a, uh, a woman girl power mm-hmm. song. 
Take off her corset. Take off her corset. Fire. And set it on fire. There you go. Throw Adam into the fire. Yeah. Throw Buffalo Bill into the Throw fire. Throw Buffalo Bill in the fire. Yes. Don't you got to call him by the right name? <laughs> uh, and oh yeah, he's. I forgot his last name. It's not. It's Buffalo Bill Peapot. His last name is Peapot. I forgot that important <laughs> detail. So I have it in here. Good night, Mister Peapot. But Millie, I said good night, sir. <laughs> Because he goes up there to be like, I'm sorry, I lied to you and Let's... misled you to get you to come up here, but I knew you wouldn't marry me if I told you the truth, because mm-hmm. the best way to start a marriage is with lie. With a lie. I was going to say, with lie, lie. That's, what that's what Millie needs. That's what you use to dispose of the body after <laughs> yes, you kill that's what she needs. But, uh, yeah, because marriage is totally not at all about trust, and starting it off with a lie is totally not planting mm-hmm. horrible seeds of future despair but enough for that uh millie is a mighty wingman or wingwoman i should say Mm -hmm. because she immediately takes to trying to civilize the boys yes teaching them how to how to be gentlemen Mm -hmm. to do things like wear clean clothes and and just be civilized i mean Mm -hmm. they are a bunch of rowdy man beasts but it's kind of hard to blame them when you find out later that for, for a very long time, their parents have been dead, and mm-hmm. they just had their older brother to raise them, and so it's just been a, kind of a boys-will-be-boys type yep. thing, which was much more acceptable back then, I guess, especially if you're living out in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Uh, it's before you realized what being a human was. Yeah, and then everybody in this musical is so thirsty. I mean, it's 1850, you know, when bodies were evil and everything about mm-hmm. us, our natural functions was to be ashamed of. But the boys are all just like, now I want a woman. Mm-hmm. And then they get into town, and it's it's like uh, 1950s, so you think you can dance. 1850? Or, yeah, thank you. 1850s, so you think you can dance. Or is it Dancing with the Hillbillies? One of those two shows. <laughs> dancing um, with Mountain Men. Dancing with Mountain Men. Um, and I thought, you know, the, the boys did a good job of, I thought, being very civilized and trying mm-hmm. to, to show the, the ladies that... They are worthy of their affections, and then fortunately they get into a, a brawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they end up going back to the cabin to tend their wounds because they're all very sad. And I thought, I did think it was a little unreasonable of Millie to be as upset with them as she was. With all the other... Yeah. Because that's the thing, is like, they... They were defending themselves, mm-hmm. and I know she was like, oh, be meek and turn the other... Ch-. No, no, no. Yeah. You have the right to defend yourself. If somebody attacks you, you can def- you defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, when the boys beat the crap out of all the other guys, I was like, yeah, they, mm-hmm. and if anything, that kind of displays to the women they're interested in, see, I can protect you in case <laughs> there is trouble. So I was I was like, you know, hey, good for you guys, but they, they got in trouble from Millie. Millie was mad at, at uh, Buffalo Bill. Uh, Buffalo Bill got... Plus one douchebag points for saying that all women are the same. Uh, Gideon got plus one sweet man points for, you know, just he misses his girl. Mm-hmm. And he, he thinks he's in love. And as we all, this is going to sound really really bad. As we all know, our first love is the only love. <laughs> Granted, this is 1850. Yeah. You were supposed to get married before yeah. doing anything. Uh, so I'm sure that he would have. I'm sure that I'm sure they'll work out. We'll we'll see the the 
seven divorces for seven <laughs> siblings later. My fan scripts were all set after the musical, so... Nice, nice. <laughs> um, and oh yeah, and then we got minus one intellect for Millie. Poor Millie. Uh, I, I don't feel like it was... Like I touched on this, don't feel like it was fair of her to mm-hmm. be as upset with the boys as she was. Um, especially with her line of like, I know you did the best you could. It was like, that's the Millie equivalent of, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it was like, oh, Millie... No, Millie. Bad Millie. Don't don't tell the boys. Just sit there and let your ass get kicked. Yeah, and normally, like, it's even more clear that the boys did not start that fight. Yeah, I thought it was... And they, they say that. They're like, they, yeah, they, they jumped Yeah, they did out. not start it, and it's just... Uh, yeah, that always bothered me. Yeah. And uh, the boys are just all pent up. They're probably all, you know... Uh, virgins living up there in the mountains they see women that they like for the very first time and that's all they can think about mm-hmm. uh so then, and uh, buffalo bill basically comes in oh you're thirsty well let's just go and take those women you know like things yeah yeah and uh frankenstein was the first one to strike mm-hmm. nabbing his woman with a it was made me laugh like when they had the blankets i was like i think a burlap sack would have been better mm-hmm. put it over them Call him like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. I've never kidnapped a woman, but that's how I would if I <laughs> <I'm> did. I'm glad. Meow. <laughs> 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 Throw that disclaimer. I love that. His meow was so bad. I could do it much better now. <laughs> so when I was younger, Caleb was my favorite brother. The older I can. am. Well, that and Caleb's always played by a blonde, and that was kind of my thing when I was a kid. And now I was gonna say it was. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm blonde. I still have a thing for blondes. Mm, no. Yeah, and oh. so it was one of those things where it's like, oh, that's the one I like, and now that I'm older, I'm like, Gideon's the best brother. See, Gideon see, is the greatest one. CK, I'm not as uh, shallow as you. I don't limit myself to such things as, like, hair color or anything like that. Like, the most important thing for me is that someone is nice and enjoyable to be around. You see, personality is I more important like 11. than any physical characteristic. <laughs> I say that fully, knowing fully well that I have to think someone is cute first. But, um, and I was 11 and thought I was completely straight, so... Yeah, that's true. We all make mistakes. <laughs> uh, and then I did think it was funny when they're fleeing with their with their loot. I was, I was like, I want to say when they're fleeing with their booty. And I was kind of like, <laughs> well, that is more accurate yeah. with their booty loot. Um, and then they intentionally trigger an avalanche to cover their tracks. I was kind of like... That's a little bit risky. Avalanches aren't exactly known for their reliability on pathing. Like, yeah. They have <laughs> as good of pathing as dinosaurs in Ark. That's about fairly... Yeah, well, let's just say they'll go wherever they want to go. Um, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bill has reached new heights of douchebaggery. Oh my gosh. Uh, oh god, I forgot my best one of my best lines in here. Avalanches are a very effective means of combating one's enemies. Just ask Mulan. <laughs> Where she killed 10,000 people. Well, to be fair, they were yeah, a, a they murdering, were a murdering horde, horde but, but uh, Mulan has the highest body count. Yeah, and then Buffalo Bill, he reaches his new heights of douchebaggery. Uh, just basically, when he gets really upset that Millie is like, no, you kidnap these girls, they're going to live in here, you're not going to be anywhere near them, because she, she sees the writing on the wall, she's like, these boys are pent up and horny, and mm-hmm. these girls are... <laughs> Scared and frightened. I don't want anything going on. Yeah. And then Buffalo Bill does his 
This is my douchebag song. Where were you when I justified why I'm a prick? You might not like me, but that's because I'm a dick. That was his whole song, like, I'm a tough because my pa was tough and a woman needs to stand by her man. That song is better than what was originally there because that song got changed. You told me about that. Yeah, the original song was A Woman Has to Know Her Place. I would have torn my freaking hair out if I had to sit through and listen to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, they reprise it. The scene with Gideon later, they reprise that with... Gideon basically giving Adam a tongue lashing about yeah. it, but yeah, oh, that makes me laugh though, because I could just like depending on where you played, like if you played the original one, mm-hmm. that original song, I could see it being used as a means in some places to be like, see, women just need to Ooh. listen to their men, Ooh. men know what's best, and just being like. Ugh. Ugh. God gave you a brain, but don't you dare use it. <laughs> Gonna need to shower after that. Yeah, that's yeah, it's true. Uh, winter sucks. It keeps you from getting laid. That and kidnapping. Yeah. Uh, we have, we've got to make it through the winter. That was probably my favorite song. Yeah, that's my favorite song still. That was my favorite song. It was very upbeat, and it just made me laugh so much because mm-hmm. the entire song was, we're horny, but we have to behave, otherwise we won't get laid in the spring. Yep. That was the entire <laughs> subtext of that song, and it just made me laugh because it was so upbeat. Yeah, and then they're talking about you're, the line in there of, you can't give vows to a cow kind of thing, and that, uh, yeah. that kind of made me have the thought of like, that means they're looking at those cows going, the cow has nice curves. <laughs> like, yeah. These boys are a little pent up, and yeah. Uh, and then uh, Gideon goes up to see Buffalo Bill in his man cave shed where he's pouting and killing beaver. And, <laughs> so, and taking, cleaning a saddle to the entire... He's taking out his aggression on, yeah. on animals, I'm sure. But uh, And then he lets uh, Buffalo Bill know that Millie had a baby. And he's like, a baby? He's like, it was a girl, and he has this attitude of like, gosh, she had a girl just to spite me. I thought he was about to go all Henry VIII up there. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I gotta get me a new wife, one who will have me a son. I was uh-huh. like, <laughs> like, I know that this is before genetics, but it's your fault that it's a girl, so if you're unhappy with that. And then he goes to, to meet his darling little daughter and, and uh, tells the boys to go pack the wagon because we're taking the girls back and mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, of a hoopla about that and uh, that's when he gets to have his bonding moment with Millie again mm-hmm. and gets to hold his baby and what's her name? Hannah. And I kept thinking Hannah, Hannah, Bobana, Banana, Nana, Fofana, your dad's a douche. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he did, that's, that's when he had like his heart grew three sizes that day style moment because you know he's holding his daughter and he's like oh if someone had taken my daughter the way that i took those girls i'd kill him i'd kill him like (laughs) which is which is you know it's fair i mean any Mm -hmm. any i think any good father would feel that way i didn't realize that women were human beings until i held this little girl exactly i didn't realize women weren't just things until i had a little child of my own and i Mm -hmm. realized uh, feel the switches flipping off in my brain yeah. saying that I need to protect and nurture this tiny human so it can grow up to be a bigger human. Gosh. But then uh, uh, I thought it was funny that the girls ran away because they didn't want to go back to town. Yeah. Um, 
Which I thought was kind Stockholm of funny. Stockholm Syndrome Stockholm, the Musical. Stockholm Syndrome the <laughs> Musical. They were kept up there all winter, only exposed to those six boys, and they're like, it's love! Yeah. It's like, no. No, it's not. No. You guys are lucky that things worked out the way they did. But I thought it was interesting, the chase scene where they're trying to find the girls, and the villagers are up there with guns trying to find the guys and the girls, and... The entire time it's going back and forth, I just kept thinking, this needs to be put to Benny Hill music, you know? Because it's just... And then it made me laugh when they have all the boys rounded up and the villagers are holding guns at them and they hear the baby cry and they're like, whose baby is it? Girls, girls, we won't be mad at you, but tell us. Whose baby is it? And they're like, it's mine. Yeah. It's just, it was one of those, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. Like, I'm Spartacus and so is my wife. <laughs> I'm Spartacus and so is my wife. Uh, but, uh, you know, then things work out because uh, they're all able to actually get married. Mm-hmm. And uh, Millie and, and Buffalo Bill renew their vows, basically, mm-hmm. um, along with all their brothers. And it made me laugh because I was like, well, sure does make remembering your anniversary easy. Yeah. Because so. they all got to remember that anniversary because it's the same friggin' day. <laughs> it's the same friggin' day. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the show ended on a positive note, which yeah. I appreciate because mm-hmm. I did not like the source material yeah. for the, that musical, and it definitely didn't end like Bat Boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Yeah, so that was Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It was okay, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, if you if you think it's the greatest musical ever, that is totally fine. I will I, be surprised if you're over a certain age. I am glad that you enjoy it. Uh, I'm a little concerned, but I'm glad that you enjoy it. It had some catchy stuff in it. I still think... We Gotta Make It Through the Winter is probably the song that's going to get stuck in my head. Cause it's, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a fun song. It's a fun song. So. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a cute show mm-hmm. that's kind of creepy and definitely wrong in a number of ways. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if I would ever really want to watch it again. Um, that's perfectly fine. There's plenty of musicals out there that I could see multiple times. I do not think this is one of them. That is okay. I did, but again, I was a hyper-fixated kid, so... And with time, I will come to forgive you. Well, I was a kid. <laughs> okay. It was one of my yeah. hyper-fixations, kind of like Peanuts used to be a hyper-fixation. Enough time has passed, Kay. I, yes. I forgive you. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so... It's, it's one of those shows that I was debating on when to do it, because... I loved this show for about two years, maybe, as a kid, and then just kind of started going, mm, mm, mm. You started being old enough to realize the things that were wrong with it? Yeah, and so it's one of those shows that kind of like with You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, <clears throat> it holds a place in my heart, but... It's not one that I would watch over and over again now. And I mean, I saw uh, one of the productions 
like one of the live productions of this over and over. Now the movie, I watched it maybe two or three times because I was trying to like the movie, but the men all looked inbred, and so I really <laughs> couldn't get over and that. Those mountain folk. Um, like, it... it mm. Let me laugh. I'm glad it holds a special place in your heart and not a blanket over your face. <laughs> I'm glad that that's not how we met. <laughs> You're cute. Get in the car. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to take you to my house and you're going to live with me. Oh, gosh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. All right, so next week is Holy Week. The week leading up to Easter? Yes. Uh, and so we're going to be doing one that was kind of a tradition for me growing up, uh, both when I was... Uh, growing up in elementary school and then high school going to church. Um, it's one that I used to watch all the time and then I ended up getting to do twice. So we're going to be doing Godspell. Cool. I, I know a couple of those songs because I've heard you play them in the car before. Yep. But I don't know that much of it. It's it's one of my favorite shows. I so. know it's one of your favorites. Yeah. Uh, we'll We'll get into why and all of that next week. Yay! Thank you so much for listening. We truly hope you enjoyed this. Please follow us on Twitter at Tone Deaf Musical and like, share, and subscribe. If you loved it, tell your friends and spread the word. If you want to go above and beyond, please donate to our Patreon, which is also Tone Deaf Musical. That's it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.